Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pardon My Pancreas. My name is Matt Vandevecht, and I'm a certified trainer and nutritionist, one of your hosts today, and the other host is Ali Abdul Karim. He is a social media influencer, an incredible guy, and we are both type 1 diabetics here to share our knowledge and experiences with you. We occasionally interview people that are very knowledgeable in the diabetic world, sometimes doctors, sometimes influencers, people living with it. And this episode is brought to you by FTF Warrior, an online health coaching company for diabetics. And we will go further by saying this is not medical advice in any manner. We are not doctors. We will never be doctors. And nothing said on this podcast is meant to replace your doctor's order. So consult your doctors before you make changes. Without any further ado, let's get into... What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Pardon My (laughs) Pancreas. I am super excited. In the house, I have one of my favorite guests. It's very biased to say that. To say the least, I'm really, like, I'm really excited. This person right here, I'm going to let her introduce herself. Her name is Tarika Chabra, also known as Made in India on Instagram. We're trying to get her Instagram famous, and she's uh, she's recovering. She's a little sick, but she decided to show up. Tarika Chabra, welcome to the stage. Hey, everybody. What's up? Well, for the people at home, just give them a quick first and last name, who you are, and what are you doing here? Well, my name, as you said, is Tarika Chabra. He did not lie to you. That is true. Um, and I, um, am obviously a type 1 diabetic. I just moved to San Diego, California from St. Louis, Missouri. Um, yeah, where I lived there for quite some time. Went to school in Kansas City, Missouri. Stayed there. Lived there about seven years and then went back to St. Louis after diagnosis just to get back on my feet. And then, yeah, now I'm here pursuing a degree in nutrition with hopes to be a CDE in the future. So, your story is really crazy in the sense that when you first got diagnosed, you got... Are we back on record? We're just talking right now. We're having a conversation. (laughs) Don't worry about what's on the record or not, okay? (laughs) Your story is really interesting because it's not, uh, oh, I had the classic symptoms. I got diagnosed with type 1, just like me. And I had to learn how to inject insulin and use insulin therapy and whatnot. Yours was a... I got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, which we can get in the discussion about, was probably a misdiagnosis. You could possibly agree or disagree from your story being Well, and it's still being discovered. It's still being discovered. Yeah, it's still, like, that's the crazy part. So, um, take us to type 2 diagnosis. Give us, like, that month, whatever you remember prior, and then take us a diagnosis date. So, of type 2 diagnosis mm-hmm. date. So, um, date and when and how old were you? Were? I used to uh, work in a gym and worked out every day, almost every day of the week. And I just noticed I had no weight loss. And um, thyroid issues, I don't know if it's hypo or hyperthyroidism, runs in my family. And so I just wanted to get my blood checked. Of course, I didn't fast because who fasts for a blood check? I mean, yeah, a blood test when you're not a diabetic. You don't know that. And so um, results came back, and they were like, well, you need to get your blood checked again, get fasted, do a fasting blood test. 
found out my A1C I think was like seven point six or something like that. So it's in the type two range. Right. And um <clears throat> so yeah, so April fifteenth, twenty fifteen, I was diagnosed with type two diabetes. Um, from then on forward, they told me I had to take metformin. Um, I knew nothing about diabetes. I didn't, I knew there was a type one and a type two, but I didn't know the difference between the two. And so when I found out exercise and diet were the two things that you can manage it, along with taking your medications and vitamins, yada, 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 I instantly, um, like I stopped drinking alcohol. I used to always make those, um, I used to always make pastas and those types of meals that you put in the oven or like those TV dinner meals. Mm-hmm. And so I instantly stopped doing those two, learned how to cook and the whole shebang. Yeah. So that was, those two years were crazy because you had type two and you went periods with not checking your blood sugar. You went periods of A1Cs well, of like, what was your lowest A1C in those two years of type two diabetes, quote unquote. I want to say I got to a 5.6. And a that's 5.6. When, no insulin. This is metformin. But Every when, once in a while, metformin. Right? No, 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 no. So what it was, was I, it was a year of... Okay, I really can't remember if I checked my blood sugar before every meal and two hours every meal. I highly doubt it. I probably only checked when I woke up and throughout the middle of the day and um, before sleep. Of course, I was good in the first few months and doing it all the time when I was supposed to. But anyways, yeah, for a consecutive year, I was taking my metformin. Um, and yeah, and then I reversed, quote unquote, reversed it to a 5.6. And then right. uh, I stopped taking my metformin Yeah. against doctor's wishes. I was like, well, I reversed it. I'm happy, whatever. So hold on, slow down. So you heard 5.6 and you were like, that's good. I'm essentially, I don't need to take... My medication. I heard I'm a 5.6 as long as I continue to be physically active, which I got a dog. And so I became more physically active. I was um, very into cardio. And so as long as I was active and ate properly, to me that meant, okay, I can get off of my medication because right. I'm I'm maintaining my blood sugars. Yeah. I, and I never could grasp my um, head around, quote unquote, reversing di- type 2 diabetes. But that was my way of maintaining the A1C that I had and staying healthy. Yeah. And I didn't see a point in taking my metformin. Yeah. So that's mind-blowing to a lot of people how in two years... One year? No, two years of type 2. Oh. Two years of type 2 diabetes, you know, you were living that, you know, some... You went through patterns of checking maybe once a day, maybe checking twice a day, sometimes three times a day, sometimes taking your metformin, sometimes not taking your metformin. Having most days where you were focused on, here's a big picture, getting exercise, whether that be walking, whether that be actual exercise, cooking, at-home meals that were relatively healthier, and you saw how dramatically that improved your health and your Mm -hmm. diabetes and whatnot. So let's fast forward, type 1 diagnosis. When was this? How old were you? How old are you at this point now? And take us to that date. So once again, I was diagnosed with type 2 in 2015. I reversed it in 2016 and then had a year of um, just taking metformin whenever I remembered, maybe once or twice a month. So like a just a whatever thing. Like yeah, just like, take oh, I opened up a cabinet. There's my metformin. Maybe I should take it today. So you know that type 2 life really well. Like when you yeah. see other old people that are taking their metformin and they're like, oh, this might spike my blood but, sugar. But, 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 but. 
there's a difference. <laughs> because, okay, yeah, I didn't take my metformin, but my food was my medicine. Right. My activity level was my medicine. Yeah. But anyways, so yeah, so in the year, quote unquote, I was reversed. I had reversed my type 2 diagnosis. Um, oh, man, so I have two dogs. I was always walking them. And I, once again, I work out and I'm now I'm not in a, it's into cardio. I was into lifting. And you guys know when you're uh, after leg day, like your legs feel like jelly and you just can't physically walk. Yeah. It went to a point where every day my legs just hurt like crazy. Yeah. It, it hurt up and down the steps from my yeah. apartment because I lived on the second floor. getting to the floor. classic symptoms now. Mm-hmm. Walking right. them. Yeah. Um, and then this was months. I wish I tracked when it started, but I had issues of that. I had issues of I. This is so embarrassing to admit. I would, <laughs> I would bring four. Oh my gosh, I would bring four one liter bottles in my book bag to school, in a two liter bottle of like. I mean, sorry, in a gallon water bottle to school Dang. to fill. When I'm at school. Oh, my God. And I would always joke with my friend and be like, oh, I had to get the free water. But I kid you not, I drank... And I was always on campus from, like, 9 a.m. until 4. Um, Because when I I used to work on campus and go to school, I was getting my master's degree. And, um... Anyways. (laughs) So I would fill gallons of water and just chug 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 and i was always peeing too and i'm like okay it makes sense i'm peeing a lot because i'm drinking a lot of water right so so yeah i had the um pains in my legs which i thought nothing of and i asked my uncle who's a doctor he's okay you need potassium iron right and electrolytes golly this is so horrible so i would go get gatorades mind you i think i'm a type 2 diabetic but on regular, the verge of type 1, basically. But I didn't know this. Yeah, I know what I'm saying. Um, So this was before Gatorade Zero, or at least before I saw what Gatorade Zero was. I'd get regular Gatorades, and then I'd get potassium pills, and I would get uh, iron pills, because I knew better than to eat a banana and have think that there's not going to be any repercussions. Yeah. So anyways, <laughs> I would also, in the middle of the night, wake up screaming from pain, which I later found out was muscle cramps. Yeah. Long story short, yeah, I had all the symptoms. Oh, my gosh. And um, I went to get my eyes checked because my vision was very blurry. My doctor, my eye doctor said I was legally not allowed to be on the road. Wow. Yeah. That's intense. Yeah. And so my twin, I have a twin, surprise. She, (laughs) (laughs) she, um, I was telling her, oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. So my mom kept telling me. Why don't you check your blood sugar? And I'm like, mommy, I don't even know where my meter is at this point. I don't even know if there's batteries in it, yada, yada, yada. Because, yeah. once again, I barely checked my blood it was sugar. dust all over it. And, yeah. and I don't I found it when I moved out of that apartment. But anyways, so um, I was not checking my blood sugar. And I went to go get a blood test. <sighs> once again, um, then my doctor called and said, can you please go get another one? Did you fast? Yada, yada, yada. I'm like, yeah, I fasted. I know how to do blood tests by now. Um, my A1C, well, no, no. So then I called my twin and she came over and brought one of the Walgreens at home A1Cs. Cause you know, you can get the results right then and there. Yeah, that's right. So the blood test, um, I went and go, I went to go take a blood test, but then I, um, called my doctor and was like, please just tell me what it was. The at-home A1C test gave me a 13.6 A1C. The blood test that I took the weekend before 
or the week before, sorry, because this was a Monday. The week before, I got 17.9. Right. So that's what I was diagnosed at. So, hold on. Let me stop you there. So you saw 13, and then you saw 17. What was going through your head at that time, like right then when you saw those numbers? I remember I was in my kitchen with my twin, and I just look at her, and my sister's like, you're probably in ketoacidosis right now. And I'm like, no, that's not a real thing. And I mean, it, of course it's a real thing, but I was like, she was like the fact that it. I'm standing, I'm functioning, I've been functioning for months. You thought it was months. death. Well, I thought it should have been like, yeah, like I, I should I should be in a hospital bed at that point. Yeah, that's right. what I hear about ketoacidosis. Right, right. So, anyways, so I look at her, and my sister used to work in the ER, and so, um, she was like, she sees it all the time. She's like, yo, we got to go to the emergency room. Like you probably need a lot of liquids in you, yada, yada, yada. And then on our drive there, um, I got an appointment with an endo. And so instead of going to the hospital, I just went to the endo's office. Yeah. <sighs> Do you want to, are we going to, you want to get into the story of what happens then? So let me stop you for a minute. <coughs> we, we saw those results. You know, 14, 17, A1C. We got to see an endo. And now you're taking us to the room where they diagnose you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're in the room. Your sister's there, right? Your twin? Mm-hmm. Your twin's there. The endo's there. Just take us to... They're about to tell you the results right now. So... Ah, oh, shoot. I wish I... Oh, no, no. I do remember. Okay. So I was going to say, I wish I remembered if they checked my blood sugar. But they did. And, of course, they gave an error. Because, you know, if it's it too, too high, high. Yeah. <laughs> broke That's the machine. Scary. No, I'm kidding. Right. But, um, so yeah, so my doctor came in. First, it was a nurse practitioner, um, feeding me bullshit. I don't want to hear any of this. Just let me know what what is going on. I'm so anxious. The endo came in and was like, well, um, she was like, she said, well, you're not going to like the news I have to tell you, but you're starting insulin right now. You've been misdiagnosed and you've always been a type one. Mm. And I literally, like, I heard insulin and then everything else just went in one ear out the other over my head, cloud over my shoulders. I just, nothing. I heard nothing after that. And luckily my twin was with me, um, taught me how to take insulin. And I'm just like, uh, just confused. I, I didn't, I didn't understand. Like, what do you mean I was misdiagnosed? I understand my A1C was in a type 2 range, but I just, I, I couldn't grasp my head around it. Right, right. Yeah. And, <clears throat> I mean. Oh, instant tears, too, of course. Instant tears. That's what I was waiting for. I was waiting <laughs> to hear that. After yeah. that, well, I know this already, is you went into a pretty dark phase in your life. Very. So, was that like a month, two months, three months of just. So, I was diagnosed November 13, 2017. So, um, well, first of all, so my twin is like my other half. She, she was getting married two weeks after that. Yeah. So, (laughs) and being in a brown family as a diabetic, you're getting told what you can and cannot eat. Well, that's anybody, but you're being, you have all, you have all eyes on you. Yeah. And so, oh, and it's Thanksgiving. Okay, so November 13th, and then it's Thanksgiving, and then it was my sister's wedding that weekend after Thanksgiving Thursday. So, I just had family all over my shoulder and everything. So, you dealt with the social pressure like that instantly. Instantly. I didn't didn't get, when I was diagnosed, I was living in Kansas City, Missouri, and my parents were in St. Louis, Missouri. 
Um, and they drove in right then and there, and my my twin stayed by my side, and then her now husband came to be by my side too. I didn't get a chance because first my parents came in town, and then maybe I had a few days um, by myself, which I used to live by myself, but I went to school. Yeah, I, I really didn't have time to cope by myself because, like I said, then it was my twin. Well, then it was Thanksgiving, then it was my twin's wedding, so. I didn't I didn't get time to grasp what just happened, what this life changing event in my life. There was always someone around. Yeah. Because then after my sister's wedding, uh, my older sister and her husband came to visit me in Kansas City. And like I said, it was just constant people. And I love them, love them dearly. It's amazing how much love I have surrounding me. Yeah. But I was suffocated and I just, I needed time to myself. Yeah. So then after the winter break, which I spent a month in St. Louis, um, I finally was home by myself. And I think that's why I got into a dark place because I was by myself. And I'm like, oh, wait, I was surrounded by so much family for two months and now it's just me by myself with my two dogs. And I, I just got really, really, really in a dark place. My birthday's in January. And so I was diagnosed right during the holiday season. Yeah. And I love sweets. I love, oh my God, Indian sweets too are the best. Indian food is nothing but carbs. And I'm, I'm like, I don't know how to handle all of this. Yeah. And yeah. I'm learning about cartons and ratio, learning to read. And well, I've known how to read nutrition labels, but I'm learning how to implement that with insulin Which now. Which is a whole different ballgame. But it's not even that though. Indian food doesn't have nutrition labels. No, most brown food doesn't. <laughs> and then my mom's cooking. And she's like, well, I put this much of this. That does nothing for me. Yeah. Just look at her blank face like, what? <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I did I did get into a dark place. Um, for how long, you ask? I would say probably a month and a half to two months, which yeah. doesn't sound like a long time, but day after day after day is a very long time. Well, we're talking like deep dark, you know what I mean? Like people are still coping oh, with I'm diabetes 10 years later, true, 20 true. years. Sometimes it hits get. me, you know, and having no Dexcom, I forget. Yeah. <laughs> or what's something we definitely <laughs> need to get into. Um, there's so many things I want to discuss with you. And I mean, part of that is you learn so many things about yourself in that dark place, you know, being in that in that spot. I need to say this disclaimer. This is kind of funny. <laughs> Matt sent me this, and I'm laughing as I'm pulling it up. <coughs> Shout out to Matt. So, guys, um, me and Tarika, we are very unorthodox, meaning we're very unusual with how we manage our diabetes. You know, we go against the um, the status quo of what diabetes care should look like. And to be honest, you're probably going to lose some friends, maybe some people that you might have been potential listeners, followers, but that's okay. Not everyone's going to like you. <laughs> you can't please everyone. And that's how I live by with my diabetes care. Um, so here's our disclaimer. <laughs> our diabetes management and dietary choices do not necessarily, necessarily represent those of FTF Warrior. Consult your medical team for, for what works best for you, Okay. Um, well, and with that disclaimer and with what you're saying, we're very unorthodox. Uh, Ali and I bump heads a lot, too. Because we're the same. No. Well, yes. <laughs> but In disagreements. Because he follows... Wait, 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 wait. Fine, you follow... Hold on, hold on, hold the, hold the boat, hold the, hold the phone. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> let's give him some let context. Let me out. L- no, hold on. No, I'm going to give the context. Okay, out. go ahead. You follow... 
your logic with food stems from your diabetes. I I was I became a nutritious person because of my type two diagnosis, and then I became just more and more into nutrition, yeah. health and wellness. Right. And As then a was whole. diagnosed with, mm-hmm, and then was diagnosed with type one. So a flaw with um, not a flaw, sorry, but the difference is. When something is happening to me, diabetes-wise, with insulin or whatever, I think of the nutrition value. I think of the I should I think of I think of it from a nutritionist point of view first. Um, but like, there's so many things I really want to get into with you, and I mean, starting with food. What um, I mean, I'm I'm bugging out right now. I'm, I'm stuck. I really don't know what to say. That's how much things we have to talk about. We both take Traceba, which is very, like, it's it's weird how much things we do the same. We both aren't wearing a Dexcom. We both decided... He, co- he copied me. I copy you a lot. Um, a we lot. both take Novolin R, which is the my example of being unorthodox. Like, people see that as an old insulin that no one takes anymore. We take- My parents flipped out when they saw I was taking Novolin R. They are like, what is this? Yeah, they just didn't know. Um, we got a lot of fans that want to come through. Nicholas, Nicholas, we're doing an interview, but yeah, so like your, okay, your parents with Novel and R weren't approving because they didn't know what was going on and yada yada, but, but I want to, I want to, I want to jump into a lot of things. So with your management and diabetes, the reason why a lot of people disagree with what we do is you, Tarika, are trying to achieve non-diabetic health. Would you agree with me? Yes. Same for me. Obviously, I have levels <laughs> to go to that take a long time. But I still don't. Oh, so okay. when it gets difficult because I still don't classify myself when I when I eat. I'm, I'm eating as a nutritional nutritionist person, like in, in, in with a nutritionist mindset, not a diabetic mindset. So the way I see that is, <clears throat> they merge. To achieve yeah. very good diabetic health, you mm-hmm. need to be a healthy person. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you need to be stronger in the gym, which is focusing outside of just blood sugar. You need to be insulin sensitive. You need to be eating things that are wholesome and real. Of course, you can eat things that are horrible and insulin, like me, the way I dose. I still need a <laughs> dose for chicken kebab or a kale salad, whatever the case may be. I still need a dose that for that. Lemon? Yeah. So. By the way, lemon has sugar in it. Oh, yeah. We were trying to figure that out. So, basically, one of the things that makes you really interesting is how your body works. Like, it's it's absurd. It's crazy. Your insulin-to-carb ratio, which is like an ongoing, constantly <laughs> changing factor. It's so frustrating. Um, you're super, super sensitive to insulin. Like, it's insane. When we first started talking, you told me that your insulin-to-carb ratio was... I don't know if you remember, like, oh, I'm sorry, your correction factor was if you take one unit of insulin, it lowers you by how much? Well, I think it was either 100 or 150 when we started. Yeah, that's that's crazy to me. So if I'm Tarika and my blood sugar's 190, I'm kind of like bugging out because... Well, and if it's nighttime, I don't like um, correcting at nighttime. Which is a great strength about you. I'd rather do jumping jacks. <laughs> yeah, I, no. One time, guys, we were on the phone FaceTiming, and this is me and Tarika were talking while she was in St. Louis and I'm in San Diego, and she did jumping jacks. We, I um, made you do 
Was it at another nighttime one? No, I'm talking oh. about nine time. You were 190. Oh man, that and story straight, is still hits my head. Straight arrow down. Still bugs me out. So you were 190, and you were like, and I looked at you weird. She's like, I'm gonna do 15 jumping me jacks. He doesn't believe me with a lot of the things that happened with me. Yeah, there's a lot of things. Um, and I told him, I was like, what? You did I'm how many jumping jacks? I don't know. I was like, like 25 or 26. And I'm gonna lower. And then I actually, I think I went. I was from 90. It was 190 to 90, I remember. And then it was a straight arrow down, though. And I had to go correct. I had to, <laughs> I had to eat something. You did? To bring it up. Yeah, and mind you guys, she had... how much? You didn't have insulin on board, did you? I don't think so. I honestly don't remember. Yeah, this is what's going to blow people's brains out. Like, they don't believe me when I say she didn't have insulin on board. It's okay, he didn't believe me either. Yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> it's a disclaimer. You don't need to believe anything. Um, okay, so, I mean, I'm, I'm losing a lot of... Like, I'm trying to, like, collect a lot of things. So, you lived in St. Louis, and then you got diagnosed with type 2, got diagnosed with type 1. When did you decide... I was in Kansas City for both those diagnoses. You were in Kansas Not City for... Louis. Okay, so, mm-hmm. what... You're in San Diego now. You're living here. What made you decide to come here, and what are you doing here in San Diego? Tell the people at home. So, okay. And what, when did you make that decision to come live here in San Diego? I was, um... I was getting my master's degree right before diagnosis, and uh, actually a few months before diagnosis, I decided to quit my master's degree and go into nutrition. I was a type 2, reverse type 2. This was before type 1 diagnosis, and this is how much like I was into nutrition. And so anyway, so what are the odds? My paths cross, yada, yada, yada. Now I'm a type 1 pursuing nutrition. And I wanted to come to San Diego because, one, I'm just tired of Missouri, but I just saw a lot of opportunity here. I had visited here for the TCOYD conference in, I think it was August um, of 2018. And um, shout out to Kayla for hooking me up with a ticket. Frenchie gang. (laughs) But, um, so yeah, so I came out here and I loved it. I loved the environment. I never met a type one person and then just the community ever. like no. rare like you never ever mm-hmm. met another type one Mm-mm. yeah and the community here is just amazing the love i felt the connections everything yeah and so yeah i i was actually choosing between austin texas and san diego california and Go i mean the two uh the two pluses were love the people i met here they're amazing but then also the <laughs> the weather got me, <laughs> other than this winter that we have going on right now. <laughs> she looked all down. I'm so upset. We're blessed. This is the worst winter. Go see your guys' winter in St. Louis. Exactly. It's piling snow. It's basically the same temperature here now, though. Yeah. But anyways, so, um, so yeah, that's what brought me here. And then when I was diagnosed with type 1, though... Like I said, I was doing, I was pursuing a nutrition degree, but it kind of geared towards being a CDE because of the fact that like everything I learned, I want to be able to help those kids that are going through what I go through. My mm-hmm. CDE, I had three, I've had three CDEs in my one year of diagnosis and none of them, they'll say they understand this, this, this and that. No, you don't. You don't understand my pain and what I feel. And you can't, you can't give me credible advice. You can give me science advice, but not actual advice. Yeah. And yeah. so I just, I just, I, I want to be, I want to be able to help those like me and actually say, you know what? I know what you're going through and I had to go through this too. And this is what I did. Try right. a few of these things and mean it when I say, I know what you're going through. Yeah. And so, yeah. And luckily nutrition is 
the path to get to um, nutritionist is the path to get to the CDE. Yeah, I mean, I, and I say this, and I say this over and over again. It, it's really special to see that, you know, because it's like you're you moved halfway across the country. You're getting a degree and something you've got diagnosed in, and you've turned a disease into something amazing where you want to help other people with type 1 diabetes. And that's your goal right now. You're focused on that. You're in school. You're walking dogs <laughs> part-time <laughs> to make some money, hustling. And now you're on the Part in My Pancreas podcast sharing your story, and that's really amazing to hear, and a lot of people are going to benefit. I'm going to jump to like basically the end because... Um, I didn't really get much of the meat and potatoes. We'll figure out what what you're gonna your title of the episode is gonna be. You know, like becoming a CDE with diabetes, or you know, maintain. Please don't because I don't know if I am gonna become a. CDE. Okay, well, um, or it could be along the lines of um, eating or sorry, achieving basically the best possible optimal health of diabetes. Um, your I'm going to give you two questions. One of them I'm stealing from uh, Rob. Shout out to Rob on Diabetics Doing Things. I really like this question. And it's from uh, Lewis Howe's School of Greatness. You have basically three things you can give to all people listening right now. All diabetics in the world. They're listening to you. This is the platform. Everyone can hear you. Okay? Three best things your three truths and this doesn't have to be the diabetes i think this is just about life and then you can give me three practical ones from diabetes so let's start with the practical ones give me three of your best tips that you've learned darika from diabetes um dancing does wonders (laughs) (laughs) that's actually a really that's a really good one you know how much people are listening and the the beauty i'm not Joking. She's not joking at all. <laughs> the beauty about you, and you've taught me this very well. You and Matt, another not 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 this Matt, sorry Matt, another Matt, um, is how much walking and just moving a little oh bit. Oh my god, walking does wonders too. You yeah, guys. having a dog, two dogs have blessed my yeah. life. So like your, let's say for example, your blood sugar is one eighty after a meal, right? Mm-hmm. You your brain goes to like. Oh, how much units am I going to take? Which is very normal. I'm not saying that's wrong. But you go for a walk. Or mm-hmm. you'll go do jumping jacks, supposedly. Or go dance. And that's amazing because, one, you know how to answer this. Predictability. You're not taking something that's going to last five hours in your body. You're not waiting for a peak. You're just naturally bringing it down. It's that brown mentality. <laughs> which is really going to take one us. one way to put it. It's, the, it's brown history month. <laughs> It's a really big way to put it. And um, basically, like, the premise of this episode, which I want to take, is the type 2 mentality is what's taking you to the top as a type 1. And the top, I mean, like, I make everything a competition. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're top of the chain right now. It's like that mentality of exercise is so important. And Matt will tell you that as much as we gave you the disclaimer. <laughs> Matt will tell you exercise is important. And eating a whole nutritious diet that's with filled with real food and those things matter with your diabetes. They really matter. And we'll get into that hopefully tomorrow. I don't know when. Um your second truth. Two more. Um 
Puppies save life. No, I'm kidding. Okay, wait. The question is... Three, three diabetes. You gave me one diabetes. You got two more diabetes. Practical tips they can take home. These are ones that they can take home today. Eat more vegetables. Eat more vegetables. That's a that's a big one. Do it's you, huge. Volume. Volume, volume, volume. I was just thinking vegetables. volume the whole time mm-hmm. because we're, how hungry are we all the time? Especially as diabetics. Yep. It's in our head implanted that we can't eat. Or not you can't, but like, you know. It's in our head. Don't eat this. Don't eat that. But like when you eat vegetables, you're so much volume and well, you're getting full. So much volume and fullness, but also in nutritious vitamins. She's looking at me very aggressively <laughs> saying this. Like, I don't eat my vegetables. And yeah, I guess you can say I kind of No, but I'm saying very important to eat your vegetables, kids. Yeah. Very. Last one. Workout. So, okay. Um, I think I know what I'm gearing this episode towards, which is... The thing that I preach, how important is it to focus outside the realm of just insulin, food, or sorry, insulin, carbs, and blood sugar? How important is it to step outside of that To realm? me? Yeah. I'm diabetes. scared of insulin. No, I'm saying step outside that. Yeah. Focus on everything. So it's very important to me very. because I don't focus on insulin. I focus on everything else but insulin. But insulin. Literally. Okay, so for the people at home that don't know, Tarika will go days. I'm, I live listen, off guys, of basil. She lives off basil insulin. She will go days without bolusing. I'm not talking. That doesn't to, mean I don't eat carbs. She'll she'll still eat, but basically, the way Tarika eats, she doesn't like when I say this, but she eats a low carb, high protein diet. No, so, no, no. Low carb, high. Protein and vegetable. You you forget the vegetables. I eat my greens. <laughs> Everyone who eats low carb probably eats vegetables. If they're I'm can, just saying. if they're mindful enough to ditch the foods that they shouldn't, or foods that are whatever carbs, or they're ditching a food, they're gonna consider. Hey, I might need some vegetables. That's any logical sense. But looking at me, she's like, I don't know if you got it. <laughs> <laughs> people know i can't give advice about eating vegetables if i don't eat my vegetables so that's what i want to say is when you eat a meal that's pretty low in carbs high in protein you know fat or not fat i don't know you don't need to take bolus insulin right and i used to and your blood sugar won't go crazy people hear this are gonna be confused they're like well i i when i eat low carb i don't dose either well your blood sugars because you're not your goals aren't to stay under 100 your goal is to stay under 120. 120. But it stays above, under 100. <laughs> above 70, right? Mm-hmm. Constantly. So when you feel yourself going to 120, you're like, oh, I'm high. Like, you feel yourself. Or, like, other diabetes. Well, I think I'm high at, like, 140 or 160. That's, that's high for you. Right. Which is, uh, a lot of people I don't like is they dismiss you really quickly and say, oh, you're on your honeymoon phase. I'm like, no. Because sometimes you, you know, you get down about yourself. About it. You're like, what if this is just a honeymoon phase? It's like, no, this mentality will take you, like, levels unheard of. And it is. Like, no one's heard of a honeymoon lasting this long. It's not a honeymoon. This is just maybe your body's, this is the way it works. And even if, even if it is a honeymoon phase, you can make it last for, like, eternity. Yeah, dancing does that. Dancing does <laughs> dancing that. Dancing does that. Dancing does that. Um, I really but wait, so what I was going to say was, though, I used to take Humalog, and then I didn't even know what Novalin R was until Ali came into my life. And so that's why I was saying my parents were mind-blown when they saw I was taking this, because they didn't understand what it was. I've never, I never, we never even saw a vial, a uh, bottle. <laughs> Holy pens. There's a pen in front of me. And so, um, anyway, so, yeah, with these low-carb diets, I guess, quote-unquote diets, I was eating on. 
I would take R. Then even R became too much for me to handle. Too yeah. much for my body to handle. For those of you who don't know, R is a very, very like it's half the potency of, of Novolog and Humalog. It's it's it starts working in thirty to forty five minutes, it peaks at an hour, an hour and a half, and it's a very small peak compared to Novolog Humalog. And even from that she would drop. And to give you guys more of a reference of what's going on, I used to have to take four to six units of Humalog for oatmeal and fruit and berries, I'll say. Now I only take one unit. Two yeah. would probably like I'll take one and a half actually. Let's Which say is mind blowing because people will be like, Well, no, you should be less sensitive or you should be more resistant or you should like honeymoon phase should be gone. No, you're becoming more sensitive, you know, as you're becoming anyone who builds more muscle, drops more fat, stays, you know, healthier in the gym. <laughs> but your your body composition, you know what I mean? Like all these things include an insulin sensitivity. So those things are very important. Um, Tarika, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for really having me. Really appreciate it. In Is your there? Bedroom. <laughs> bedroom. I feel so cool. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Is there anything else you want to uh, leave for the people at home listening right now? Is there any small message? Um, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that hey, that's all you need. Where can they find you? How can they support you on your journey? No, I was gonna say just. I don't know. I forgot what I was going to say. Anyways, you guys can find me on Instagram. Um, made underscore in underscore India underscore. We'll yes, link, I'm very annoying. We'll link, you, we'll <laughs> link her below. That's what I always say. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody. I appreciate it. Bye.